welcome to Pen Pals, um, an in- improvised celebration of the lost art of letter writing. Today we're going to have two improvisers, improvised characters, writing chains of letters to each other to celebrate that lost art. Um, when Mozart um, wrote letters to his cousin, who he was flirting with, which already is an odd thing in modern situations, but he signed off his letters starting off normally. So he initially signed it off, I now wish you good night. But Mozart didn't know when to stop on a good thing. So he continued to sign up his letter by saying, shit in your bed with all your might. Sleep with peace on your mind and try to kiss your own behind. Now, I have not received many letters recently, but I normally would accept a kind regards as a, as a sign off, maybe not asking someone to shit the bed. On with the show, and I'd love to invite my two guests, Kevin Scott and Alex Rodera, to join me. Hello. Hello, Alex. And hello, Kevin. Oh, hello. So, Kevin, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? About me? About you, Kevin. Wow, what can I say? I live in New York City, uh, which is in North America. Uh, It's part of the United States of America. I don't know if you are aware of either of these places. Um, and um, I don't know what else to say about myself other than that. That's great. Kevin's a great improviser um, who improvises and teaches improvisation in New York. I probably uh, should explain that. I'm an improviser. <laughs> <laughs> it goes without saying to a certain extent. Um, I'm not just getting people off the street to do the show. <laughs> and Alex, can you say a bit about yourself and where you are? Sure. Um, my name's Alex Fredera. I, I currently live in, in Scotland, just outside of Glasgow. Um, but I think I met the two of you when I was living in different places. So Owen, we met when I was living in Newcastle, where you're based. And Kevin, um, we met in Germany when I was living there. You were not living there, but you were visiting there as a guest at a festival. Würzburg. Indeed. A lovely city. Yeah. So this show is obviously all about um, writing letters. Now, I was saying earlier on that Mozart used to sign off his letters in an odd way. Um, How do you sign off a letter? And Kevin, and does does it change person to person? It it certainly changes person to person. I don't write as many letters as I used to. In fact, I don't remember the last time I actually wrote one. I write, you know, emails as as Mm -hmm. we we all do. And I usually just sign that um, all the best is, is usually when I like to say all the best. Because it's sort of open-ended. Like, what does that mean? All the best. All the best, <laughs> all what? best of everything. All the best of everything. Just all the best. Yeah. All the best. <laughs> yeah. I used to write letters years ago before the internet. I'm that old that I, you know, in order to keep in touch with people from my hometown, when I left home, I moved to Chicago from the Philadelphia area, another city in North America. And I, I wrote a lot of letters. And just recently, my sister found one that I had written her years ago and uh it was quite fun to read it because I, it was obvious i spent time on it and i don't spend time in my emails it's like you know i'm typing as i cross the street and that's my correspondence if people were to look back on our emails they would think that we spent no time and therefore we didn't care yeah i think that's one of the things that I want to celebrate with this show is the, that idea of spending time over something and i think that was the one of the difference between letters and emails you can go to an art gallery and they'll have the the collected letters of um 
of artists writing to each other. I don't think you'll ever have the correct collected emails between artists in modern day. I don't think it'll ever be a very interesting sort of. No. How about yourself, Alex? Um, how like let's go to the other end of the letter to you. How do you like to start your letters? Are you are you a very were you always a very formal dear um, person, or do you like to sort of maybe make it more casual at times? Well, I think most of the letters I, I've written in my life have been to people that I've been in a relationship with. So either if it's long distance or if they've been away or I've been away, something like that. So I can't say what the sign-ons would have been for sure, but they probably would have been playful because I think that's one of the things that I have noticed that letter writing gives you an opportunity to do is really play about. So use the margins to put doodles in, uh, to put um, like asterisks in, even though that's like quite a formal, like, you know, like academic thing to do and have little hidden messages at the bottom or top or like, um, but I don't know, you choose your own adventure stuff in like, you know, turn to this, this thing if you're feeling in this mood or this thing if you're feeling in that mood. So for me, it's always been like a bit of a playground to write a letter um, because I'm not very um, like visual art. I find quite difficult. Like I, 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 I think I'm a little bit dyspraxic. I find it very hard to put what's in my eye down onto paper, which is why I like photography, but also stuff that is, doesn't need to look realistic, but it's fun like doing little doodles or connecting stuff up or a little word search in the middle. It's just a way to mm -hmm. express yourself without having to, to be high quality because it's a bonus to be honest, you get a letter with anything visual in it. It sounds like receiving a letter from you is receiving a whole sort of puzzle book. You had pictures that you had to solve like yeah. different symbols and a word search, Stick quiz, yeah. choose your own adventure. Loads of crap. Yeah. <laughs> like a variety show. The variety show in a letter. Great. Um, so that's great, guys. Um, so now on to your improvised challenge. So the challenge is, and I'm going to let you choose which, between the two of you, which side of this relationship you take. One of you is an aspiring writer who has been trying to get a novel and his poetry published. The other one is their literary, literary agent who has been um, helping them out. They've had one book published by this agent and they're, they're, they're thinking about a change of direction or something along those lines. A literary agent and an aspiring writer. Does, do either of those roles jump out to either of you? They're both awesome. Yeah, they're both awesome. Good. Uh, Why don't you pick for us, Owen? Okay. Um, Alex, you are an aspiring writer. Kevin, you are his North American literary agent. Okay. <laughs> so you're trying to break into America, Alex. Let's say, let's, let's, let's place it like, um, I was saying to Kevin earlier on, he asked me what period we want to do this in. So let's say you're mid 20th century, somewhere between the 1930s and the 1950s, and you're trying to break America. This is getting more complicated by the second. I'm going to let you go on. Yeah. So the first letter is going to be from Alex to his literary. Dear Edwin, I hope this letter finds you well. And I wish I could say the same, but, but my heart and mind are arrested, vexed at present. The monograms I've been writing of the romantic poets have 
built my reputation, that much is sure. However, I have no feeling for Byron anymore. And I wish to choose a new topic. I wish to describe the lives of forest animals. The fruits of the forest, yes. And I am speaking not of sheer description um, and certainly not from a human point of view, no. I wish to, I wish to embody the souls of these animals, of, of bears, of, of pumas. I, 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 and I hope very much that this approach set perhaps in one of your great redwood forests or uh, in a palm filled paradise, as I'm sure America is replete with, would suit the American audience more than these bucolic descriptions of English gentry having gentle affairs and writing wistful poetry. Edwin, I hope you can agree, the future is furry. Yours, Stephen St. John Williamson. Iron. Forest animals. Okay, all right. Uh, Jesus. Uh, all right, all right. Um, Stephen uh, St. John Williamson. Hopefully, long name. <clears throat> so great to hear from you and what you're doing over there in England. Sounds very fancy. When your British literary agent recommended my agency here in New York to represent you as you tried to break into the American market, uh, I assumed he knew what he was talking about. I must be honest with you, <clears throat> I don't even know who Byron is. I had to go to the library and look it up. Sounds like he led a very interesting life, but boy, his poems are a yawn fest. As for your desire to speak poetically of the hearts of the flora and fauna <clears throat> of the world, and specifically the redwood forest, I have to tell you, that I am in the literary sales business, not the literary give it away business. I want to encourage you to keep writing because obviously you have a gift of some sort, but may I encourage you to direct it towards something that people would enjoy reading, such as novels of crime and uh, villainy, and uh, you might even try a comic book superhero, a new trend sweeping the streets of my city wherein adult men wear their underwear uh, or as outside clothing and help people in need. Uh, all the best, Edwin. Okay, well. Dear Edwin, as always, 
I appreciate the missive from over the great waters. Um, missive impossible. Uh, however, I wish to impress on you that um, despite my uh, growing saturation with Byron's work, that Child Harold's pilgrimage is no yawn fest. No, indeed, he, uh, he bends the possibilities of the poetic form while, while uh, teasing, um, while seducing, no, while plundering <laughs> the erotic depths of each of his readers. <laughs> that'll, that'll show him, yes. So, We'll say no more about that, I'm sure. Um, however, I understand your reluctance to fully endorse my leaning towards uh, the, the life of the wild. This may seem inaccessible to the average street dealer in Brooklyn or the washerwoman in Queens, but I am set on investigating the lives of the creature. This will be no yawn fest. Is there a compromise to be made? Perhaps we could introduce some of the themes you speak of into the life of the American brown bear, or the beaver, or perhaps the wild coyote. Yes, perhaps there is a genre in which these characters could find themselves, could be firmly situated in. I write in positive hope, yours, Stephen St. John Williamson. All right, all right. <clears throat> uh, dear Mr. Stingen Williamson, um, thank you kindly for your thoughtful letter. I, I must say your stationery and penmanship are impeccable and very impressive. If you have a chance, could you send me some? As in the United States, we don't have so many fancy things as you do in Europe. <clears throat> What we do have in America is a bit more rough around the edges, and that includes the taste of our nation's readers. You almost had me when you talked about the plundering erotic depths, and I thought for a moment, uh, you had in mind a pirate adventure. Imagine it, a washerwoman from Queens is kidnapped by pirates and has adventures around the world. Sound exciting? Question mark. As for you talking about beavers and bears, well, that is a snooze fest. Perhaps we could offer it as a nighttime reader for children. But may I suggest, perhaps it is a man beaver uh, or a bear man, a twisted creature who haunts the night a kidnapping mothers and children. And then there could be a hero who helps save them and he may wear his underwear on the outside of his clothes. I'm not the writer, I'm just the agent 
So take this <clears throat> as you will. Keep being brilliant. Here is my uh, address for the stationery and pen. If you have a moment to ship it to my office instead of my home. I meant ship it to my home instead of my office. I intended to be a gift for my missus. Kind regards, Edwin. Dear Edwin, firstly, I should congratulate New York on its honoring of the tradition of peace and celebration for all its inhabitants, for it sounds like you certainly do celebrate many fests. Let me get the point. I, I am driving the point home that you are emphasizing often how yawn festy or snooze festy my ideas are with a cunning reference. I think that's clearer. Can I be frank? Yes. When I was eight years old, my bunny rabbit Agamemnon died. This was an event that impressed a deep mark upon my soul. And my limited literary success has brought me to a point where that wound, that chasm is all too evident. Therefore, it is vital that I express the elan vital of the animal world as a tribute to Agamemnon. So there will be no washerwoman and it will be no snooze fest either. I am willing to meet you part way. This idea of a man beaver, a, a, a beaver with the sensibility of a man, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he writes poetry. This could be an interesting direction to take. We could call him Byron Beaver. The exact details of this genre are not familiar to me, but I'm sure you can give me some useful direction. Yours, as always, Stephen St. John Williamson. I include a pen as it appears you have need of such, and I remain your companion through these difficult times. Okay. My dear Stephen, thank you so much for the fancy pen. I almost feel British. Say hello to the Queen for me. She seems real nice. Ah. I have been thinking long and hard over the past week about your willingness to try changing genres and accommodate the needs of the common reader we have here in America. But your, how do I say this uh, properly? Your, uh, your concept 
of a poetry writing beaver is, dare I say, a nap-nap party. I do not want my readers falling asleep while they unexpectedly are handed some, dare I say, boring poetry written by one of the woodland creatures. Now, if this beaver were instead to fight crime or to commit crime or be witness to a crime and then go to a, mm, a hard-boiled detective who then investigates the crime only to find out there's a, a conspiracy at foot, well, then you'd have something my readers would be interested in. I have tried delicately to encourage you towards something we call, quote, hard-boiled, which is not about eggs, but is a description of the lives of the characters. They have rough lives, often involving crime and villainy. This is very interesting to our readers. I'm not sure why. I just know it sells. I don't know literary art like you, and I don't pretend to be a genius with words, but I am pretty good at making a buck. I don't want to say no to you, as you have tried very hard through your letters to encourage me to bend toward your literary ways. So I will give you another opportunity. Try punching up this beaver idea. Punching up should be in quotes. <clears throat> if you can, by the end of the month, deliver something that's rip-roaring, perhaps you will find a check of American dollars in your mailbox soon. Yours, Edwin. P.S. Thank you for the pen. My wife really appreciates it. Edwin, I will be to the point. This to and fro has exhausted many weeks, nay, months, during which I have had no secured income. Therefore, you must apologize the scratchy nature of this script. I am writing to you with one of my children's crayons. I regret giving him my pen now. Very well, I will do as you ask. This will be no nap-nap party. Please find enclosed the first five pages of Byron, the crime-fighting beaver. If you like your albumen as thick and solid as the blubber of a hardened polar bear, you will not be let down by this piece of work, for indeed the poetry that he creates is scurrilous and indeed criminal. I have also introduced some action scenes that you may enjoy during which the beaver stunningly dives through the waters of the Hudson River and builds a dam at the languid pace that only a beaver is possible is is capable of doing. Knowing you may not be entirely happy, I have also included a, a postscript during which the beaver battles a group of organized criminals. I trust you will see the, the foolishness of continuing with that direction. I do believe the heart of the work contains the heart of the matter. Yours, 
In some desperation, Stephen St. John Williamson, Esquire. Well, that's good. Well, that's good. Stephen. Stephen, my dear, dear friend. <clears throat> Wowzer. You were on to something here. It appears in your letter that you speak disparaging of your brilliant work when Byron the Beaver is fighting the organized criminals. Let me tell you, I let some friends around the office read it. And wow, it was a real page turner. I even had to yell at them to get the heck back to work and quit wasting your day reading that. That is actually a good sign that they are willing to face my wrath in order to read your now published work. I will need the rest of the manuscript as soon as possible, as we have pre-sold Byron the Beaver Crime Fighter as a series of novels across the country. We have anxious booksellers awaiting the arrival of Byron, the crime-fighting beaver, as soon as possible. Here is a check for your hard work. It's in American dollars. I have no idea what the currency is in Europe. I do apologize. P.S. I'm enclosing your pen as you have written your book in crayon. And that is absolutely ridiculous. I should not have one of my published authors writing a book in crayon. Yours in literary love, and let me draw a little heart there, Edwin. Pyron. Pyron, have I betrayed you? Have I made you the laughing stock? It's wrong to put you out there in this way. To put you out there alone. Ah. Dear Edwin, your gracious letter and ample reward have not come a moment too soon. A thousand plaudits and my gratitude swimming across the Atlantic to you. I, I feel beholden to you, to Byron, and to the American public. This book that I will present to you will contain not only Byron the Beaver, no, it will contain Wordsworth the Warbler, a bird detective it will it will involve it will involve keats the cat who who deals with unscrupulous landlords and yes coleridge the carp who who investigates pollution across the city together they band together embodying their romantic spirit and also the goodness the goodness that is found within the animal spirit. 
Yes. I could not do this to Byron alone, but banded together, these romantics does justice to the entire conceit. I will call it Romantics Assemble. And I trust you will be inspired by the same shining light from the creative heavens as I am experiencing now. Yours eternally, Stephen St. John Williamson. That was the final letter sent between Stephen St. John Williams and Edwin, the literary agent. Romantics Assemble went on to be a popular hit and Stephen became a huge author and still makes money from the film and merchandising revenue to this very day. Thank you very much to Alex and Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. That was Thank great. you. That was fun. Nice. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> I am. Um, I genuinely want to read about the woodland animals embodying the 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 spirit of the romantic poets fighting crime in a hard-boiled manner. Like that is just a that's a that's a series that I want to see written. Dum dums too. <laughs> that's really fun, Kevin. Thank you for yeah, being it was super such fun. A um, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was just really silly. <laughs> I thought it was it was it was lovely to yeah like I um I thought you both picked out lovely little moments from each other and it was like really great obvious listening between the two of you and um finding those moments and I always lo loved watching you read the letters actually as the, the sort of the, the okay. words back of like the three things that you had picked out of each letter was almost a nice little way of um, moving on yeah that's fun so I'm glad that, that it that it worked out too I felt like you know, as an improviser, I'm like saying no, no, no a mm. lot. And although I feel like there should be conflict at some point, it's like, oh boy, we gotta, this has got to move forward. And I, I think it came at just the right time. I think there was a great piece of, yeah, I think Alex picked up on, I'm saying no, but then yes to a little bit of it. Yeah. And then you, you noticing that little bit and building on that. And then yeah. that's it. So there was a whole yeah. lot of no, but you tried. In the letter, there was a yes that was building underneath yeah. it. Yeah. There was a subtext yes in every single bit. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I like yeah. playing Remus. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good fun. And no nonsense. He's not, he's, not, he's not ashamed of who he is. He's quite happy with yeah. just being. Yeah. He's that guy. And yeah. I know what sells. Yeah. 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 That's it. I, I think there's probably a lot of literary agents around the world who, who are like that. <laughs> so, um, Kevin, um, can we, is there anywhere we can watch you improvising online at the moment? Well, we're trying to figure that out. I've done a few things with a group called uh, Socially Distant uh, Improv, but my group Centralia, we, we're probably going to start improvising through the People's Improv Theater again, which is where we're located here in New York. And the pit is just sort of getting up to steam. That's the word, getting up to steam, up to speed. Yeah. Yeah, putting steam. the steam on with it steam. <laughs> um, with the online stuff we're trying we're trying to figure it out you know we've been doing theater for so long that this is a challenge for us to figure out 
a way to make it at the level we want it to be where we're happy with it. So we're kind of, we're kind of behind the curve, but um, the people's improv theater website will post something when it's time for us to go. Great. That's good to know. And um, Alex, we, I know where the people can find you because they can. Um, and is there anywhere else other than with the hang improv in Newcastle that you've been performing? Uh, there is not, I actually got an invite that I need to explore a bit more from some friends in Germany. Um, but it was quite a long invite in German and I haven't, I need to sit down and even translated it closely it. To, to, to get the gist of it. There might be some more audio stuff, I think was the, the gist of what I saw. Um, and other than that, no, not really. I might jump in with some, uh, people that I know in Glasgow and some, some kind of jamming that they're doing, uh, on zoom, but not like, not for public consumption. Yeah. So my group is actually doing a, an improv podcast, which yeah. seems more up our alley, the, the Centralia Improvisational Podcast. And we're just talking about improv, but I think we're going to try and add improv to it and maybe some sketch and stuff. Great. great. Is that right. out somewhere? Yeah, it's on uh, iTunes and Google Podcasts. And we've got four episodes out now. Episode five should be out pretty soon. That's it's great. new. It's fun. Something we can do in our apartments. Perfect. So um, look out for Kevin um, doing his Centralia podcast and with the, the pit in New York. Um, Alex performs still sometimes with the group in Newcastle, which is the Hang Improv. Um, this whole podcast is brought to you and the YouTube show is brought to you by Let's Make It Up To You, which is uh, a night that me and Alex started together in Newcastle. We both um, are co-directors of Open Heart Theatre, which Alex um, was a founding member of. It's been great having you both. Thank you very much. And um, keep writing letters to people. Thank you for listening to the Pen Pals Improv Podcast. Brought to you by Let Us Make It Up To You. Your host for this show was Owen Scrivens and your guests were Alex Fredera and Kevin Scott. If you have enjoyed the show, please rate and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share the podcast with your friends also you can find let's make it up to you on facebook instagram and twitter thank you again and keep writing letters <laughs>